Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 2, Sankhya Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. This is knowledge about our true self. So verse 11 through 30 gives the Upanishadic definition of what the self is all about. So Bhagavan starts with telling Arjuna that you should start looking at this world very differently. It is something like for any corporate planning, there is short-term planning and a long-term planning. So there's something you have to look at it from a short-term planning. You have to get these things done during this quarter. But then you also have to look at it in a long-term basis. What will be in the next 10 years? So Bhagavan says that right now we're looking at the world from a very short, narrow perspective, which is limited to this life. But this life is not the end by itself. This life is nothing but just a fraction of your own existence. So he starts with saying, you are worrying about these people. They are not worth worrying about. No relatives of yours or friend of yours, you should worry about whether he is dead or alive. This is a very shocking declaration to Arjuna. Why shouldn't I be worrying about my own kith and kin? When you look at it from this narrow perspective, it will seem that something is good or bad. But we have learned that good and bad is a relative perspective. So what is maybe good in a short term may not be good in a long term. So that's why we have come across two terms, shreyas and prayas. Prayas is pleasant temporarily. Shreyas is good forever. That which is always good is shreyas. That which is temporarily pleasant is prayers. So the situation I see may be pleasant for now, from Arjuna's point of running away from this battle is pleasant, less things to worry about. But it's not pleasant in the long run. You can allow these criminals to continue doing their crimes. And this non-Aryan-like behavior, as Krishna puts it, the way these people are behaving is not fit to be an Aryan. Therefore, to establish the dharma of Aryavart, it is your duty as a kshatriya to fight this war. That's basically Krishna's message here. So he said, you shouldn't be worrying about them. But then he starts from the widest perspective, saying the existence for any being is eternal. We are eternal beings. There was never a time where you were not there, or I was not there, or these kings were not there. So we are all eternal beings, immortal beings. We consider ourselves to be mortal. So that's basically the paradigm shift for Arjuna and all of us. How to look at our life, there will be a narrow perspective. There is a relative reality. 
when there is an ice cube in my glass, it has its relative reality. The ice cube is very solid. But if I wait long enough, that ice cube will be gone. It will be just water. Water relatively has a longer existence than ice cube. Ice cube has a very short-term existence. I, as an intelligent being who has used ice before I know that, that if I really want to use this ice, I have to use it as quickly as possible, otherwise the ice will go away. There won't be any ice. So Bhagavan said, you have to look at the situation from a wider perspective, that these people cannot be killed. And therefore, he said, just as they have progressed from one existence to another, you have progressed one existence to another in your life, from a childhood to adulthood and to old age, you will also migrate to the new state of existence, Deha Antara, transferring one body to another. There will not be any different than your migration from childhood to adulthood. Therefore, wise person who has understood this fundamental truth will not get confused. One who has understood the widest perspective of existence, he will not be worried about a small change in existence. One who understands the water and ice, if the ice becomes water, he does not get upset. Then maybe you have to put it back into the deep freezer if you want more ice in the ice cube tray. So we know that the existence is permanent, Bhagavan says, but there may be a temporary consequences of me dealing with this world in this existence. Those experiences in my life create sukha and dukha. Matraha, sparsaha, tukanteya. When sense organs come in contact with sense objects, it will create an experience. That experience, depending on the qualities of your sense organs, will be either pleasant or unpleasant. One experience which is pleasant to me may be unpleasant to somebody else. Jumping from 50 feet on a bungee, jumping is pleasant to somebody. It will not be pleasant for me. Same experience can give two different experiences to two different people in the same set of circumstances depending on his own equipment. Depending on my mind, if it is rainy outside, it may be unpleasant, but if I'm a farmer or a gardener, it may be a pleasant experience. So Bhagavan said, Matraha sparsaha tukaunteya, Sita ushna sukha dukha daha. They give these experiences of sukha and dukha. They are nothing but perceptions of your mind. And therefore he said, Tam titik bharada. You have no other choice, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, must to bear them. Know that they are temporary, they have beginning and an end. And therefore, any pleasant experience also don't get too excited, too elated, because it will also an end. Good economy. Every other day we hear about recession. And then the next day we hear about, no, no, the market is going to keep going. How long? We know for sure there will be recession sometime. We just hope it will not be before I retire, that's all. So, every experience has a beginning and an end. While we are experiencing, if we remember that, that this is a temporary experience, we will not get too invested in that experience. We get too invested in that experience, that's where we get either too excited or elated or too depressed. So, he said the right way to live, bear them all, pleasant and unpleasant.
And then Bhagwan now defines what is the nature of the self. So other day, I also had a new revelation about the ownership of this building. So my condo administrator came to me as a Krishna to explain to me what I own and what I don't own. Whatever we obviously, all of you know that Meena and I own this building. So we always say, well, we own this building. Everything outside parking lot is common areas. We own this building. Well, there was clear understanding. We last about, about 14 years we own this building. Or 16 years we own this building. The other day we had a water damage. Hot water uh, heater broke. And it was just spraying out water all over the bathroom. So I had to obviously call. I actually called fire department because I didn't know what to do. But by the time fire department came, the guy who was cleaning the carpet, he figured out there is a shut-off valve outside. He shut it off. Everything was fine. But when I reported it to our condo guy, he said, well, I'll come down, Neil, and check it out, whether there's any damage in the attic. So he walked through my attic, and he found that we were storing old drawings and files in our attic. Well, we have storage trusses. So he said, Neil, I, I don't want to be a pain in your neck, but you're not supposed to store anything in the attic. He said, why is that? He said, because you only own building from your ceiling to the top of the floor. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, yeah. The attic does not belong to you. I said, who owns the attic? He said, the condo association. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, yeah. You only own from the ceiling to the floor. He said, what about below the floor? He said, that's also condo association. He said, oh, what about outside? He said, you only own from the inside face of your exterior wall to the other side, interior face of exterior wall. He said, who owns the exterior wall? He said, condo association. So he said, who owns the building? He said, Neil, you own the space within the exterior walls and the ceiling and the floor. So he said, nothing concrete which you can call a building is mine? He said, no, none of that is yours. You as a condo owner only own the space. He said, do you mean to say the condo association tomorrow can decide that they want to take the roof away because they own the roof? <laughs> then they can take the four walls away. I said, yeah, technically, yes, they own the, you don't, you know. And how about the ground below? Said, they own the ground below too. All you own is space within four walls, floor and a ceiling. And I said, okay, you try to remove that, I'll tell you. Demarcate my space from outside space to inside space. Because my condo is just the space. You can remove floors, wall, and ceiling as condo owner association. You won't be able to take the space away because I own the space. Now, that's a completely different way to look at this condo ownership. But first of all, the bank had the mortgage on this space. So I owe them money. And then if I want to sell something, oh, I only own the space. There is nothing which is tangible which I can say I own it. Outrightly. Condescension after you have to give permission, whatever that is. But technically, free and clear, what I own is space inside this building. Even though it has no value, without the space, walls, floor, and ceiling has no meaning whatsoever. This space is defining the value for the conditioning. But the conditionings are defining the limitations of the space. So Bhagavan said, 
to Arjuna that you have to start looking at your relationship to your teacher and your grandfather in a very different way. And therefore he says, Avinasi tu tadviddhi ena sarvam idam tatam. So what is my relationship with that self which is residing in all these beings? If all these beings are immortal, but they can get killed, what is getting killed and what is immortal? So Bhagavan now defines the relationship between the perishable and imperishable. The imperishable is the one which is the essence of any being. Any being is called a being as long as the consciousness is functioning through him. I am who I am as long as I am alive. The day I die, nil but that you knew has gone. What is left is nothing but a dead body. The dead body is not nil but. But he said that which you call your relative, Bhishma and Drona, that essence is avinashi. It cannot be destroyed. Tadvidhi, know that the essence of a being with whom you have a relationship with is indestructible. Yena sarvam idam tatam. It is not limited to that person. This is a complete paradigm shift for most of us who have never thought about it. I have always thought that myself is residing in me and yourself is residing in you and herself is residing in her. They're all kind of nice little packages of selves, you know, and we are interacting with each other. But one said, no, that which makes your friend, your friend, is actually indestructible. Your cousin, your cousin is indestructible. Your teacher, teacher is indestructible. But that essence is not limited to him. Yena sarvam idam tatam. Everything is pervaded by that essence, which you call yourself, which you call your friend's self, which you call grandfather's self. Anything that you can think of, anything they can perceive, your world perception may be as grand as the entire universe. They say anything that you can think of, ena sarvam idam tatam, it is all pervaded by that self. Vinasam avyayasyasya na kaschit kartum arhati. Destruction of the self is not possible, ever. Because the self is imperishable. So he completely changes the perception. One is he says that all beings are indestructible. All beings are immortal. But not only that, all beings are not separate beings. They are just expression of the same being. Now he says not only the beings which you think, but all the things which you think is also not different from that essence which is pervading everywhere. All that which I can think of, ena sarvam idam tatam. It's like the final declaration from an Upanishad. Nothing exists other than the existence itself. So in the previous verses which we have seen, he said, 
Sat can never become a Sat. Sat always exists. Sat can never become non-being. That which is existence can never become a non-existent. That which is Asat can never exist. That which is not real can never be existing. It is something like the classical examples of ghost and a post. The ghost never had any existence, even though it was very real to me when I was afraid of it. But the post never had non-existence. Post never was non-existent when I was seeing ghost in it. Ghost was never real. Ghost had never any existence whatsoever, even though I felt it very real. So what is the relationship of that ghost and post with me? What I perceive exists. If I perceive ghost, ghost exists. If I perceive post, post exists. These are relative realities depending on the mood of my mind, the understanding of my mind, the capacity of my mind. Somebody who can say clearly it's a post, it never becomes ghost. Somebody who's already afraid. Actually, you see ghost only when you're already afraid, going through that jungle or the dark places. When you are in love, every woman passing by, you see your beloved in that. So it is already preconceived idea in our mind who we are. We have preconceived idea in our mind that we are these mortal beings. Even though I do not have any experience of non-existing, I'm worried about my death. Immortality is intuitive. Intuitively I know that I exist. Therefore, a single human being anytime walked on this planet who thought about death. Therefore, in Mahabharata, Yaksa asked Yudhishthira, what is the most amazing thing about human beings? He said, human beings, they live as if they are never going to die. Even they know there will be death for them. Because immortality is intuitive to us. Mortality is based on our observation and experiences. I have seen my father dying, therefore I take it for granted I will die. I have seen my son taking birth, I take it for granted my birth will be something like that. Could happen. So, Bhagavan said that, Avinasi tu tadviddi ena sarvam idam tatam. That essence which is essence of your own self is all pervading and indestructible. Vinasam avyasyasya. Destruction of that indestructible self nakaschit kartum arati. It is not possible by any means. It's anta vanta ime dehaha. Then what is this phenomenon about death? I see all around me. Ready to fight this war. And I know people will be slaughtered. What about that? So Bhagavan said, anta vanta ime dehaha. These bodies are destructible. These bodies are nityaha, uktaha, saririnaha. Nityaha. That self which is ever existing, nityaha, these bodies belong to that self. Anashinaha, aprameyasya. That self is defined as nitya, ever existing. Anashinaha, indestructible, cannot be destroyed. Aprameyaha, cannot be understood, incomprehensible. 
But all these bodies belong to that incomprehensible, ever-existing, indestructible self. So these bodies are destructible, the self is not. The bodies come into existence, they are perishable, it has its shelf life. So when you're in a grocery store, there is a perishable item, so shelf life, you know, used before March 21. We Indians always use it way beyond March 21. We know the, the truth better than the grocery guy. So it lasts more than it says. But it has everything in this world which I can perceive, feel, and touch has shelf life. Bhagavan said. So Dehaha, the embodied self, has this manifestation as bodies, whether living or non-living. Those bodies have mortality. Antavanta, they have ending. Whatever you see today existing has ending. I know this building exists. I know at some point of time in in future, this building will not be there. I know the cities exist, some, some period in time the cities will not be there. That's given. It's only when that we do not know. Same thing happens to us. We know I will die, I just don't know when. Very difficult to plan my retirement, because I always plan till about mid-70s. I figured out I'm an Indian, my father died at 59, my relatives died at 70 something. Now they're telling me, Neil, I, I think you have to plan a little longer because he said the average age in the United States is 90. The average person relatively healthy will last about 90. I said, a lot of years you added in my planning. That's like 15 more years I have to plan for. And then WhatsApp message from one of my cousins says, Sankar Kaka is now 103 in Canada. And he's doing well. So my goodness, this has changed my total paradigm for my, my retirement. Started from 75, or comfortable 90, now 103 is possible in my family. But still, there will be an end. Antavantime dehaha, nitya, of nitya, dehaha of this nitya, a prameyaha, a nashinaha, have endings. Tasmat yudhyasva bharata. And therefore, you do your duty. There is a long-term planning and a short-term planning. Just because my long-term planning says I will do this, I shouldn't be avoiding what my immediate task at hand. My immediate task at hand comes from the roles which I have taken. I know I'm going to die pretty soon, 15, 20 years, 5, who knows. After that, I'm not there. I will have no relationship with anybody else. That does not mean that I can shirk my responsibilities to the people I have a relationship with right now. So therefore, Bhagavan said, Tasmat Yudhyasva Bharata. Swami explains here, this is not a call for war to slaughter people. This is a call for doing your duty, which is calling you today. Not tomorrow, not in the past. But today I have this duty. Today, this is my state of existence. This existence calls for certain actions. I cannot shirk away from those responsibilities. And therefore, Bhagavan said, Tasmat Yudhyasva Bharata. Keep the long-range perspective 
while you're working, but focus on what you have to do today. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om